Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Are there many worlds that have passed through the same experience that we are going through? Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry, and with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. This week we've been talking about an LDS position that states that there are other worlds, I guess we could use the word planets, I know some Latter-day Saints get a little queasy about that, but there are other worlds or Earths that are inhabited by human beings like us. And yesterday we cited Joseph Fielding Smith, the 10th president of the church, which basically agreed to that premise. But in yesterday's show, I raised a scenario and we commented how we wish there were more modern LDS leaders who would address this subject so we wouldn't have to go back several decades to find someone like a Joseph Fielding Smith, who was the 10th president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but have someone who's more modern who seems to concur with the thought of these past leaders. When I raise the question, if there are other humans on other planets— and according to this article that we started off this week citing that was titled, Is Jesus Christ the Savior of All the Worlds God Created or Just Ours? That was written by Larry Porter back in 1985 in the New Era magazine. I asked, well, does this mean that these human brothers and sisters, because that's how it's understood in LDS theology, do these human brothers and sisters on other worlds experience what we're going through? In other words, did their first parents experience a temptation by Lucifer? Do those people also have a Bible that they go to? Do they have a copy of the Book of Mormon? Do they also have a type of Joseph Smith who appears on that world to restore the gospel? Because on that world, do we assume that the church also fell into a state of apostasy? Well, Joseph Fielding Smith kind of answers that question, although not quite as specifically as I would like, but in a conference message that he gave in April of 1968, Joseph Fielding Smith said, there are many worlds that have passed through the same experience that we are going through. And then he speaks of Heavenly Father and how Heavenly Father has had sons and daughters on other earths where they have had the same privileges and the same opportunities to serve him and the same commandments that we have had given to us. So we can assume, according to the statement, that if it is another similar situation like we are experiencing here on earth, that they have also the same plan of salvation as Latter-day Saints are given who live on this earth. And they have baptism and they have confirmation and they're not allowed to drink hot drinks because they have the word of wisdom and so on and so forth. It seems like a, a never-ending story. It's kind of like an old movie that I'm reminded of, and I can't remember the name of it, but it had something to do with the dark side of the moon or something like that, where 
the premise of this film was that on the other side of the moon that we can't see, there was another Earth exactly like this one, only it was backwards. I guess right-handed people would be left-handed people. I don't know. I'm, I'm just trying to remember a film that really did, I never even thought about until today. But it seems kind of like that's the way it would be to a certain extent, that they're going through the same exact things. Is there an America on these other Earths? Do they experience a civil war? in the 1860s? I mean, you can see all the questions that can come out of this from a comment made by that. Now, Joseph Fielding Smith obviously doesn't feel inclined to go into a whole lot of details, but he gives us enough that whets the appetite to make us wonder, is it like ours? Do they go through the same thing? Do they have a Book of Mormon? I think that's a great question. Do they have a Doctrine and Covenants also? And, of course, how did they get that? It would have to go through a person like a Joseph Smith. But Joseph Fielding Smith had another comment to make on this in his Doctrines of Salvation. And as I mentioned yesterday, that was a three-volume set. In yesterday's show, we quoted page 62, but this quote starts on page 61. He says, The Lord has created many earths. The Lord never created anything for nothing, nor out of nothing. Everything has a place and was created for a purpose. Man was not created to be destroyed. This work has been going on forever. There never was a time when there was not an earth, never a time when there were not people on it. For that is the work of the Lord, and the heavens are innumerable, and so are the earths that have passed away to their exaltation and glory. As they pass away, others take their places. This is not the only world. Bill, I have a question. We have infinite regression of the gods. This means, according to Joseph Fielding Smith, that there's always been an earth going back into the infinite past. This seems to be problematic because the Bible doesn't teach anything close to this. You're right, and Mormonism makes it even much more complicated by the fact that it teaches every Mormon male can become a god in his own right, though he will never surpass the god that precedes him. So in other words, if a Latter-day Saint were to become a god after their judgment, they would never be more powerful than, let's say, Elohim. But that also implies that Elohim can never be more powerful than the god that preceded him. And in the same vein, that God could not be more powerful than the God that precedes him. And, in, and you talk about this infinite regression of gods. I mean, this goes on through eternity. Because in Mormonism, there is no primary cause. We've talked about that many times on this show. But it would seem that with every generation of gods, they're getting weaker and weaker and weaker. Now, Latter-day Saints have told us to make it very clear when they say that they believe they can become gods. They want to make sure we understand we're not going to become gods and be more powerful than Elohim. But where did this come from? It didn't come from Joseph Fielding Smith, that's for sure. I want to cite to you Second President Brigham Young. Now, Brigham Young held the position of prophet, seer, and revelator in the LDS Church longer than any other human being. As I mentioned yesterday, he made a comment saying he had never yet preached a sermon and delivered it among men that they might not call scripture. He didn't say that once. He actually said it twice. But in the Journal of Discourses, volume 13, page 271, and it's the Journal of Discourses where we find a number of these sermons that Brigham Young gave. On July 24th, 1870, now that would be 
Pioneer Day in the state of Utah. That's the date that Utahns celebrate the pioneers coming into Utah of July 24th. He said, who can tell us of the inhabitants of this little planet that shines of an evening called the moon? Now, we could be hypercritical in this and say, why is this prophet of God calling the moon a planet? We know that the moon is not a planet. We're not going to be so nitpicky to go after Brigham Young on that. But he did say some other things right after that sentence. When we view its face, we may see what is termed the man in the moon and what some philosophers declare are the shadows of mountains. But these sayings are very vague and amount to nothing. And when you inquire about the inhabitants of that sphere, you find that the most learned are as ignorant in regard to them as the most ignorant of their fellows. So it is with regard to the inhabitants of the sun. Do you think it is inhabited? I rather think it is. Do you think there is any life there? No question of it. It was not made in vain. Now, when I read this, Eric, I think... That sounds like Brigham Young. He's going he's gonna to one-up Joseph Smith by this statement. And what do I mean by Joseph Smith? Well, when he talks about men on the moon, he's referring back to Joseph Smith. Now, when Brigham Young says every planet in its first rude organic state receives not the glory of God upon it, but is opaque, but when celestialized, every planet that God brings into existence is a body of light, but not Till then, Christ, he says, is the light of this planet. Well, if Larry C. Porter is correct, and you have Jesus as a Savior on other planets as well, you would think he would be the Christ on those other planets also. But getting back to where did Brigham Young come up with this idea about men on the moon? As I said, he gets it from Joseph Smith. Now, we don't have a primary source that has Joseph Smith actually saying this. I'm going to be citing a second-hand source that refers to Joseph Smith, and this is found in the Young Women's Journal. The Young Women's Journal was an LDS periodical reciting from volume 3, page 263, and the person who is making this statement is an LDS person by the name of Oliver B. Huntington. Nearly all the great discoveries of men in the last half century have, in one way or another, either directly or indirectly, contributed to prove Joseph Smith to be a prophet. As far back as 1837, I know that he said the moon was inhabited by men and women the same as this earth, and that they live to a greater age than we do, that they live generally to near the age of 1,000 years. He described the men as averaging near six feet in height, and dressing quite uniformly in something near the Quaker style. Now, again, when you're making things up, you can say whatever you want. But in examining this, if Joseph Smith really told Oliver B. Huntington that there were men on the moon that were near six feet in height and dressed quite uniformly in something near the Quaker style, all sorts of questions start going through my head. Now, where would they get these ideas? And how would they make the clothing in order to dress in the Quaker style? Whenever we've sent any probes or even men to the moon, we see no evidence of people living there. We see no fields for them to eat from. We see no dwelling places where these human beings would have lived. 
it's not like that at all. It doesn't look like the earth up there. We know that. So when you give details like this, and this is the problem with some con men, sometimes a con man will go too far and give too many details that can in fact be falsified. A good con man prevents himself from doing that. The least amount of information they can give, the least amount of information that can be scrutinized. Well, Joseph Smith seems to make a mistake if he really told Oliver B. Huntington all these things. Now all sorts of questions can be raised. The point I'm trying to make here is we can't go back to Joseph Fielding Smith. He's not the source. We really can't even go back to Brigham Young, though he does seem to add to this idea and get into the ridiculous notion that there could be people inhabiting the sun. I mean, think about that for a minute. That, that just boggles the mind that he would even make a comment like that. But of course, in the 19th century, maybe Brigham Young was not as educated on our solar system and maybe not educated enough on what the sun was really like. I don't know. I, I haven't studied that. I haven't looked into that aspect of Brigham Young's knowledge. But he does seem to make some statements that we would consider in a 21st century context to be absurd. And if they're absurd, should we be listening to some of these, these statements? Should we even entertain the idea, for instance, that just because there are other worlds or planets out there, that somehow there is life on those planets? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.